Hi, I'm Lucas. And I'm Brian. And this is the Quacks Podcast. Hey guys, so we did something a little bit different this week. See, often when me and Brian do the podcast, we sit around for 10, 15 minutes before we start recording and we just chit chat about stuff. And Brian mentioned that, hey, you know, we should record some of this stuff. It's other podcasts, you know, people record uh, when they don't know that they're recording. And so while we were talking, I just flipped on the recorder and let it go and I put it in here. So let me know what you think. Uh, I took out our intro. There's a very clever cut where we go from us chit-chatting into the actual podcast. See if you can find it anyway, and let us know what you think. Thanks. Basically, this, this cough thing I've had for almost years where... Yeah, yeah, right? Where every once in a while, I'll just like cough some phlegm up or something like that. I know, really like yummy. But I've, it's never been a big deal until recently. So, Have you ever been tested for valley fever? I think so, and I think it was negative. I think I did that years ago. Okay. Yeah, but I'm going to try some stuff. I'm going to get like a vitamin C IV and yeah, see if it works. I'm trying to think of what else you could t- do to... Get shit to come out of your lungs if there's something in there. Maybe I mean, you I've aspirated never... something and it's just been in there. Oh, I dude, I heard a story about a kid who aspirated a peanut. And like <clears throat> for years, he he had problems with asthma and stuff like that. And I don't know what it was. Finally, they did like an MRI or a CT scan. And they're like, he's got some foreign thing. And there's like this peanut that got into his lungs and just irritated things for years and years. And peanuts are terrible. Right? It's the worst thing to aspirate. It's like carcinogenic and just that bacteria that's in it. Wow. Oh, my God. But you would think it would almost uh, disintegrate or something in there. You'd think. That there would be something or it would at least rot the mold and all that stuff. Oh, I aspirated. This is the worst. I still freak out about it because it's in there had a thumbnail no and i went (gasps) no aspirated my thumbnail and it's still in there never come up i mean how would it i felt it go in and i go i was freaking out for probably two days after that like going do i go to the hospital i mean am i gonna get pneumonia from this what am i yeah yeah we could talk about this on the podcast aspiration (laughs) it's kind of fun i mean um for sure, though, I have a thumbnail in my, and God knows what else I've aspirated. Because you start thinking, like, I had a hiccup problem for a while where I would just go, <gasps> like, that real quick. Yeah. Food, if food was in my mouth or different things, I'm like, holy shit, I think I aspirated shit. I probably have a whole salad bar in there. <laughs> so it's not a problem? I mean, did you ask a doctor about it or anything? I've never talked to a doctor, but I always think it's funny if somebody's looking for, like, uh, an, a, a uh, removable drive. I'll say, well, I have a thumbnail, but it's probably not. That's a pretty bad joke. (laughs) That's pretty bad. That's my dad joke of the day. But anyways, so hopefully it's not a thumbnail, but I do think that it's something that you should probably look into more. I'm I'm working on it. Okay. I'm working on it. We won't worry about it too much today. Exactly. More than we already have. Okay. Because we're going to talk about weight loss today, unless you have a, uh, unless you have a health store, uh, story for us why don't you do the the weight loss weight loss thing first and yeah we'll throw a little okay. cherry so yeah i just want to wrap it up um because i think this is the fifth 
episode for the weight loss series. So I just want to sum up the previous episodes um, and then do the fifth one and, and we'll be good to go. Fantastic. So the, just to sum things up, uh, so the first off, uh, eat foods that are truthful. That was the first episode. Second was get some sunlight. Third was avoid endocrine disrupting chemicals. And lastly, uh, lean your diet away from polyunsaturated fats towards saturated fats. Mm-hmm. So to expand on those a little bit, the truthful foods bit, you're looking to generally eat like bland, unexciting foods that over time your palate becomes accustomed to and it's not being bombarded with these dopamine spiking like laboratory-made chemicals that taste amazing. <laughs> and after you're accustomed to like regular taste, you can then trust your cravings as something your body is telling you it needs. So it's kind of a transformational process. Okay. And this leads to trust, which leads to less anxiety, meaning less stress hormones, meaning less weight retention. It all makes sense. It's okay. all coming together. Second episode, uh, that was the sunlight episode. We talked about the potential of the sun for making you burn fat. Uh, we also discussed how the sun can increase testosterone in men, which means you tend to stay leaner. Uh, for the third episode, that was on endocrine disrupting chemicals. We went over the most common chemicals that we want to get out of our lives. The most common effective EDCs found for the human body is obesity and reproductive system problems. Yes. So getting those chemicals out of our lives over time will make us leaner and happier. And then the last episode, we talked about how strong the evidence is that polyunsaturated uh, fats slow down the metabolism and how moving away from those is going to keep our metabolism higher. Uh, But it's not so straightforward as a higher metabolism burns more nutrients. So, you know, we want to... Want to make sure we're getting enough nutrients with the high metabolism. So okay, cool. Yeah, I'm on board. All right. So today, I want to give you the last few last tips uh, and some herbs and nutrients that you can add into your diet fairly easily that will help over time to keep you leaner. Uh, I should mention, I'm not sure if you notice, but a lot of these weight loss tips, it's more about preventing your metabolism from breaking down in the first place. Okay. You know, it's it's much harder to lose weight than it is to just stay lean. Do you remember the Benjamin Franklin quote we we said a while ago? Refresh me. So it was uh, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. Okay. So holding on to your health is leagues better than trying to regain it. And truly, the best scenario is if you do these things, and you just you don't have to think about your weight. That's that's the best. You know, you live your life, you eat the foods that you're craving, and you don't worry. You don't think about it. Right. That'd be perfect. Okay. Okay. So first thing I want to talk about is stress and sleep. And these are really obvious. I, you know, I didn't really think these needed their own episode. Uh, so, you know, we've all heard over and over again that we uh, need to get more sleep, be less stress. It's almost funny. The advice is almost useless at this point. You know, it's been said so often, <laughs> but I'm going to say it anyway. <laughs> well, there's a, there's a really easy way I've found to think about stress. And I picked this up in my years of experience. So stress is when there's a gap between the energy required to do something and the energy available in your body to meet that requirement. So your body, it has these glycogen and fat stores loaded up. They're ready to burn for when you need to you know, run up a hill or whatever. Mm-hmm. And if you run farther than what your body has stored up, you, you know, you burn, you you run out of energy. And so thankfully you don't just like keel over and die after you run out of energy. <laughs> thankfully. Thankfully. Uh, instead your body says like, Hey, you know, we don't have the energy anymore to do this. 
I'm going to make you feel bad and, and you should really stop running. But, you know, our minds are like, no, 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 you know, I'm going to do this. This hill is mine, you know. Perseverance. Perseverance. I want to do this. So our body releases stress hormones like cortisol and adrenaline. These hormones break down our fat and our muscles to use for energy. Our reserve tank. You got it. But the hormones leave a mark. Uh, they tell our body that this running thing, it might happen again. So store more fat in case it does. And this is how stress over time makes us retain more fat. This is also called the runner's high, which people think is a good thing. But someone starts running, they feel bad at some point until they push through. And then they start to feel good, like, hey, I could keep running forever. That's their body breaking itself down for energy. That's what I'm addicted to. Well, I know. it's It seems so misleading. Stress hormones, they, they tend to be euphoric feeling. Especially this time of year. And, and I, I realize when I'm running, I hit that runner's high a lot, that threshold a lot quicker. Really? Yes. Wow. I oh, didn't know yeah. you were a runner. I trail run, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And you hit it fast. I do. And yeah, this time of year specifically. And it feels amazing? It does. It's addictive. I mean, I have an addictive personality. I'm a former, you know, yeah, yeah. alcoholic. So I... uh definitely fine i was like why do i love doing this so much because i feel good i mean yeah. ultimately you'd think that stress hormones would feel bad but they don't they feel euphoric they feel great it's very strange yeah it's life i guess right i'll just keep going with it so bottom line uh stress is going to make us retain more fat as our body prepares uh for more stress in the future so if you know something's going to be stressful like moving a couple tons of gravel uh, the longer you can string that out, the less stress it's going to be on you. And same for mental stress. You know, slow things down, give yourself time to think and to rest on things, and they'll be less stress-inducing. Interestingly enough, you know, there's a whole mode of thought that says stress is good. And that's actually how you build muscle. You go farther than what your muscles can handle, and it's a stress, and your body builds muscle in response That's true. to, to doing more than it can do. Right. It's almost like a scar tissue response. I mean, mm -hmm. that's what muscle is. And and there's a whole idea called hormesis where you want to just do a little bit more than what you can handle. And that kind of slowly builds you over time. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a totally different way of thinking and it's not wrong. Just as this way of thinking of like trying to minimize stress is also not wrong. Well, I mean, on that same tip, I know that ketosis is sometimes considered very stressful to be in ketosis for your body. Sure. Keto is such a huge thing and people are losing so much weight and feeling so much better mm -hmm. that sometimes you forget it's a constant state of stress. Mm -hmm. Is that, in your opinion, necessarily a bad thing? Can be. I mean, I talked to a guy the other day who is doing the keto diet and his diet is like a lot of meat, a lot of vegetables, you know, eggs, that kind of thing. So not a lot of carbs and he is in ketosis and he's lost a ton of weight, but he's also lost a ton of muscle. Yep. He's really skinny. And he, you know, he told me like last week he slept two nights out of the whole week. I mean, he just, he's like super anxious, super stressed out. So you can, you can mess yourself up for sure. Well, cause I've put on some weight in the last, cause I, I, I run, but what happened was I was, you know, been having some ongoing heart stuff. So I haven't been running as much right. just cause I don't want to die, but, um, I didn't want to push it too much. So until I get that fully figured out, I'm not doing that, but I, uh, so what I'm doing is, uh, you know, lifting weights and still working out in the gym 
yet, but have cut that cardio. So I've put on some weight in the midsection, especially being in my mid forties. Yeah. It comes on rather quick. Mm-hmm. Um, so trying to put on muscle at the same time as lose that belly fat is very problematic. I think that might be impossible. It seems like it. I know bodybuilders talk about trying to do that and certain steroids will let you put on muscle at the same time as losing weight. But the reason they do those cycles, the bulk and cut cycles, mm-hmm. is because it it's generally very hard to do. It, it Generally, your body doesn't do it. So, so what I've done before is strip the weight first and then put on the muscle. But because muscle weighs more than fat and you're losing muscle before fat in a lot of cases, I, I'm seeing exactly what you say because it is extremely frustrating right now. Yeah. And that bodybuilders do it the opposite way. They bulk up. They eat, 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 bulk up, gain muscle. And then they take things that cut, 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 they cut down fat, and they just do that over and over and over again right? and build more and more muscle. Yes. So, and especially before a competition, I know they're doing that, but... Before a competition, they do cutting to an extreme. Right. You know, they and they even get rid of the water weight. And my competition is the dating world. So... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got to try to make weight for that too. But uh, yeah, no, so it's definitely a conundrum. And the interesting thing is bodybuilders, you know, as they get on in years, they are not that healthy. They have all kinds of issues, digestive issues, like that yo-yoing of their metabolism. Especially if they've used anabolic steroids. Oh, yeah. That's a whole other issue. Heart problems, liver problems, adrenal failure. I mean, all kinds of stuff. So that was just to reinforce the point you were saying about losing weight and putting on muscle as being an impossibility. It sure feels like it. It is. I, I would I would give up on that. If you want to put on muscle, just get muscle it out of it your up. head that you're going to be losing weight at the same time and just start start bulking up and then cut it with DECA. Yeah, or DPA or some, <laughs> some, something else that's terrible. <laughs> DECA. Come on, man. It's <laughs> <laughs> the only one I know, I think. Yeah. What is... Uh, anyway. Yeah. All right. So um, let's get back to this. Yeah, sleep. Uh, you know, we all know, get more of it. What lack of sleep does is very similar to what stress does. It raises your cortisol, and cortisol, it burns fat, but it makes you store more of it, like I was saying. And not only that, it makes you hungrier, which kind of sucks. So if you don't get enough sleep, you're going to be hungrier, and you're going to store more of it as fat. So it's just kind of all around bad. And and it's also going to mess with your blood sugars. They're going to be more erratic. They're going to be harder to control. No bueno. Just no bueno. Yeah. You need a little bit of cortisol, but too much of it, it's not a good thing. So you know what else raises cortisol? Not eating breakfast. Really? Yeah. Are you guilty of this one? I really am. A lot of people are. So your body actually spikes cortisol naturally between 2 and 4 a.m. And when you eat breakfast, that starts your non-stress metabolism and your cortisol falls. Okay. Okay. So if you don't eat breakfast, that cortisol, it does not come down. And this is part part of why some people like to not eat breakfast. They get a nice high from that cortisol in the morning that's kind of pumping through their veins. And at first, this is going to feel good not eating breakfast, and, and it may even help you lose weight. There's a lot of people skipping breakfast to lose weight. But long term, that cortisol, it's going to mess up with your metabolism. You know, it's going to do the opposite. Well, the reason I wasn't, I or I don't, eat a lot of breakfast foods, I stopped drinking coffee in the morning. And that was one of the main reasons I was eating in the morning mm. is to have something there. So my stomach wasn't getting completely upset from coffee alone. 
but I'm just not hungry in the morning. Yeah. I got to change that. Just have a banana, you know, just do something little. Is sugar okay? Will that help bring the cortisol? Definitely. Sugar, okay. sugar, like, yeah, it will definitely bring cortisol down. Interestingly, you know, when I talk to people in stores, a lot of, it seems like it's mostly guys who are type 2 diabetics or pre-diabetic. And I, I ask them, you know, are you a breakfast skipper? Almost all of them say yes. They're almost all like, oh, yeah, I didn't eat breakfast for 20 years. Ah. <sighs> And my daughter does it now too. And it's hard for me to get on. She's like, you didn't need anything either. <sighs> but that argument doesn't hold water. I'm like, yeah, do as I say, not as I do. Amen. <laughs> All right. So next tip is about drinking water. If you drink water about 30 minutes before a meal, this has been shown in studies to boost your metabolism by around 25 to 30% for one and a half hours. It also makes it easier to not overfill on food. Um, however, drinking water after you eat, generally not a good idea to, to drink water then. And it could weaken your stomach juices that are digesting food. I've heard that. Yeah. So we're just going through different tips here. All right. We got the sleep one, did the water one, um, did the stress one. So next is going to be some herbs and supplements. So I want to be a little careful here because really in years of watching people take fat burning supplements, most of them do not work that well especially for people who have, who are hard cases of weight loss. And the story I see a lot is that, you know, there's somebody's trying to lose weight. You know, they're really struggling. They see an infomercial or they have a friend tell them that African mango or, you know, whatever supplement. Garcinia Cambogia. Garcinia. Yeah. It helped them lose weight. And there's a study and it shows that, you know, it makes people lose X amount of pounds and X amount of weeks. And so they try it and they find it doesn't really help them. You know, it doesn't really lose as much weight as they thought they were going to. And so they just kind of throw their money away. And they might have gone through that same process multiple times uh, before they finally give up. Meanwhile, there's another group of people who they lose weight on just about anything. Right. You know, they take a supplement, they lose weight. They drink more coffee, they lose weight. It's just like really easy for them on almost anything. And do you know what they call those people? What? Jerks. <laughs> I knew you were going there. I was wondering if you were going to cuss or not. Like, what is he going to do? Are we going to have to mark this as explicit? So, the reason I want to be careful is that, you know, any weight loss supplement I recommend is going to have this barbell like feature where it works either really well for certain people or not at all for many others. I also want to avoid the stimulants like ephedra or caffeine pills. Those will definitely lean you out, but they'll really burn you out pretty quick. Yeah, too. Not, not good. Uh, I'm I'm just gonna stick with the supplements that you know they have a little down, very little downside. You can take them long term, uh, which won't necessarily burn fat, but just kind of help your metabolism stay robust. So in general, you'll just tend towards leanness. Okay. All right. So the first herb I want to talk about: Ceylon cinnamon. Cinnamon is just fantastic. It's a spice. It seems to have very little downside. It'll help your blood sugar stay more even keeled, so less spikes and roller coasters. Uh, it will aid with digestion, helps your blood pressure, may even help prevent Alzheimer's disease. Really? Interestingly That's enough. one I had not heard. Yeah. I'll, I'll put a link in there about it if you want to. people want to look at it more. Um, and the reason I like it so much is it's, it's very rare to have any type of negative reaction to it. I, I haven't really come across many people who said, man, this, this messed me up or or something like that. <laughs> Some bad cinnamon. Yeah, anyone can really take it. it. You know, it either helps or it doesn't really do much, so it just kind of is all upside. 
Um, if you do take cinnamon, you want to make sure you get the Ceylon type of cinnamon. Uh, usually the cinnamon you use in your kitchen is cassia cinnamon, and there is a carcinogen called cumarin in cassia that can cause liver damage and give you cancer if you take it long term. So we're looking for Ceylon, C-E-Y-L-O-N. You got it. Okay. You want Ceylon cinnamon. I think you can get it at Costco in a big container too, or maybe Sprouts. Makes me wonder how many times I haven't gotten Ceylon, because if it doesn't say Ceylon, chances are it ain't Ceylon. Yeah, and it's not a big deal to take regular cassia cinnamon now and then. You just don't want it to, if you're taking it every day, you just don't want to do it. You want to do the Ceylon. Kind okay. Of. So next up is ginger. This is another really all-arounder, which you know has a plethora of benefits, very little downside. It will help blood sugar levels. It will lower cholesterol, helps with digestion and nausea, helps with menstrual cramps. Uh, may fight cancer, raise testosterone in men. It's just a really long list. Uh, you can do you can do it any way. You can do ginger tea. You can put it in your food. Do capsules, ginger candy, tons of ways to take it. I love ginger. Yeah, I love it too. Whatever way you take it, it's a great route to work into your routine. It'll help you stay lean. See what I did there? Yep. Right. Even so, just boiling it with water sometimes too. Like I'll, I'll slice up ginger and make like my own ginger tea yeah. variation of that stuff. Very soothing. Nice. And, and then when you get sick, you know, it's, uh, it's nice as a lozenge. There's a lot of lozenges that put it in there. Totally. Yeah. So uh, the next herb is one that you're probably already using and that's black pepper. So if you're not peppering your food, it's a good idea to start. Uh, pepper helps your food absorb by basically increasing gastric juices. It also has some fat burning properties. You know, it can help uh, cognition. It can prevent asthma. It has antioxidants. And interestingly enough, in India, black pepper, it's a very popular Ayurvedic weight loss remedy. I mm. didn't know that. Well, and if you're going to get pepper, let me just add, get a non-irradiated form of it because a oh, lot of call. peppers, they are irradiating coming from other places and obviously that's changing the properties of the pepper itself um and unfortunately pepper also holds on to radiation in a, in a much really? different way than other things so yeah so they're irradiating a lot of foods nowadays mm. but pepper is one of those things it's a highly concentrated form of radiation if you're not watching it i had no idea it's bizarre yeah very strange yeah so you want it fresh ground as soon as you grind it up Lasts about three months before it loses its peppery goodness. Nice. So next is uh, some vitamin minerals that boost metabolism. I'm just kind of do a, just like a quick crash course in these. Uh, the B, to B vitamins, they're all used really extensively in metabolic processes. Uh, these are the catalysts that your body actually uses to produce energy. And I've personally never done that well taking a B complex personally, but I, I know people who do and it works well for them. So... B vitamins are, are funny. They're they're very person specific because our genes really determine how well we convert them into other things. So it's something you have to experiment with. Yeah, because I, I was taking B vitamins for years and, and then came to realize after genetic testing with my daughter, can't even process them. Yeah. So that's why I take the coenzymated. Yeah, yeah. And I do feel a difference when I take that thing. Versus the non-coenzymated. Completely. I mean, I never knew before everyone's like, hey, do those work for you? You're like, I don't know. I just take them. With the B healthy um, coenzymated B vitamin, I do feel a certain sluggishness and cognitive drag on days that I don't take it. Gotcha. So anyway, experiment. The two B vitamins to pay particular attention to are B12 and B6, and probably B2 as well, riboflavin. I didn't put that in there, but probably B2. Uh, getting enough of these will lower stress hormones. It enables a lot of different metabolic processes. 
Uh, the one B vitamin you might want to be skeptical of is niacinamide, which is B3. It makes you feel great. It's wonderful, but you take it long-term, it can uh, make you gain a little weight. If you take it in isolation, you know, if you're in a, if it's in a B complex, then the B2 cancels it out. Um, so. Wow. I didn't know B vitamin could make you gain weight. So the way B3 makes you gain weight is interesting. It triggers your body to release glycogen. And so it, it actually is very stimulant to your immune system. It feels good. Um, but if you release that glycogen, it's complicated, but your body will tend to put more fat in those places. So, so like the stress reaction like you were talking about before, possibly. It's not quite that same way, but it, it's in some ways similar. Okay. But B2, it makes your body store glycogen. So on a complex, those are in balance. But if you take niacinamide by itself, you might have issues. And the reason I mentioned it is I think it was a couple of years ago, there was an article on B3 and helping with, I want to say skin cancer or something like that. And so everyone started taking like 500 milligrams of B3 every day. And I don't know, it might not be a good idea. <laughs> okay. Yeah. We'll watch out for B3. All right. Uh, vitamin E, it will boost your metabolism quite a bit as well. I actually have a hard time sleeping on vitamin E when I take it. Uh, it will also boost your sex drive, which is a nice benefit. And vitamin E is another one of those that you can take from time to time, but long-term, you it may have some issues. Really? Yeah, there's some stuff on prostate and I don't know. It, there's controversy, I'll okay. say. Controversy. Mineral-wise, uh, magnesium and zinc are both low in the general population. So taking both will boost your metabolism. Uh, my favorite source of zinc is oysters, but I guess you can supplement if you aren't a fan. Mm. Uh, magnesium you can take in so many different ways. I don't even want to get into magnesium. You can do bath, oil, supplements, um, just any you way you it, can think any of. Any way you can think of. You can rub it on yourself. You can take it internally. I'd but. say that that was probably at the store level the most popular of all minerals right now. Yeah, that makes sense. It's very trendy. Yep. So anyway, I, I, I think this list, it could probably go on forever. I'm going to link in the podcast notes several good articles listing different supplements, teas, foods uh, that will help with weight loss. You can try them all if you like. It's, it's really amazing how many different ways there are to lose weight out there, how many different angles to weight loss. Um, so for example, you, know, you can go the fat burning route the things that I mentioned earlier that I don't think work that well, but you can try that or you can try things like fenugreek or chittisan, which prevent fat from absorbing in your gut. You can do that route. You can increase your athletic performance uh, with like beta alanine. You know, if you want to work out more and lose weight that way, you can do the stimulants. So there's just, you know, there's a lot of different ways to lose weight. Interestingly enough, stimulants and things that relax you can both help you lose weight. I mean, it's, it's counterintuitive, but very strange. Yeah, it just depends on the body. So this is the end of the weight loss, I think, for now. I, we might circle back on it in the future, but for myself, you know, this was this was this was kind of the bulk of my knowledge, and and the reason no pun intended. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like personally, I had weight loss struggles when I was a kid. Like right. when when I was young, I and growing up, I was I was chunky. Um, and it's, it's a tough thing. You know, I was bullied. I had people who, you know, were my age, call me names. Even family members called me some names. What? I know. I know. It's, it's, so what I'm trying to say is gaining weight's a really scary thing. And people who tend to be overweight, they just, it, it sucks mm. and they want to lose it. 
You know, they want to lose it right now. Yes. And I think that mindset going into that that I've had in the past, it's it's actually a detrimental mindset to what you want to do. It affects everything. It affects your um, your drive. It affects your how you feel about yourself. It affects how you feel about the world. Totally. So I'm right there with you. I've struggled with my weight over the years too. Um, more more notably in my 20s, mm-hmm. when I was drinking a lot of beer mm. and then eating a jumbo jack for every beer that I had. You know, pretty much. Oh man. Oh, I was big. Um, and it does. I mean, the depression associated with that is ridiculous. And so you talking yeah. about all these different things that give the power back to us and give us a more um, complex overview of weight gain and, and weight loss mm-hmm. is invaluable as far as I'm concerned. And, and I think the approach to it is really, it's, it's one of where if you are going to lose weight, you don't want to ever have to lose it again. Like don't lose weight unless it's the last time you lose weight. Like, like all of these episodes are really geared towards people who struggle with weight loss. Like if you can just lose it easily, weight, losing weight's the easiest thing in the world. Let's it's so it. easy. You know, I mean, you just stop eating. You'll, it'll go away. But to keep it off, that's the difficult part. That's the trick. And so these tips are all about how to get your life in a certain way where it won't come back. You know, because you don't want to go through that process multiple times. You talked about how detrimental it is to lose the actually lose weight, the stress. It is. And so you don't want to do that roller coaster. And so even, you know, if even if you can only lose 10 pounds, but if you can keep it off long term, that's way better than losing 30 pounds for a year. And then because people when people get really obese, they don't it's usually not a linear march upwards. Right. right. It's I gained 15. I lost 10. I gained 20, I lost 15. I gained 40, I lost 15. Right. I gained 20. You know, they stair step up. And then it's like, wow, how did I get so big? It's like, well, you, you didn't get big all at once. You you kept losing a little bit and then gaining a little bit more. I remember, uh, what was that reality show where they lose a bunch of weight? Biggest Loser? Yes. Yeah, I remember there was a guy in that who, he was massive. He was like 450 pounds and they, they measured all his metabolic and it was <laughs> you know they were like well your weight's stable at like 2500 calories or something like that like that's how many calories you burn and then he went through biggest loser he lost all this weight got super skinny you know one of those guys on there who always win um because they're they start from such a high area they they lose like 20 pounds a week that's you crazy know what I mean? when that happens and so he gained it all back poor guy right he gained, they did a follow-up? They did a follow-up. He gained it all back. Oh, my gosh. He was the same weight as he was before he started, but the amount of calories he could eat that he was weight-stable at after he gained it all back was like 500 calories or like 700 calories less than what he was before. So think of that. He, he went through years, all this work to be back in the same place, but now, you know, instead of being weight-stable at 2,500 calories, he was weight-stable at 1,800 or something like that. Oh, it's so frustrating. Yeah, so I... I don't want people to go through that. You know, I want it. I want you to lose weight in a stable way. Well, cause I know that sometimes when people get bigger or they get really big or what you would call morbidly obese, cause it's mm-hmm. an endanger to, to their life essentially, uh, endangerment, um, that you, you go, how, 
you know, they didn't think at 300, 350 that that was enough. They're going to keep going to 500. How do they get to 500? Yeah. And is that self-fulfilling prophecy like we talked about? Because it does affect your mental state. It affects mm. how you, I mean, the more weight you, you gain, I can only imagine how that throws you into the depths of depression and saying, forget it. I don't, it doesn't even matter at this point and just continue to eat, 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 eat. Yep. Oh my gosh. So I think that what you're doing right here is, is good work. It's just, it's just, it's good to focus on, I think, lowering stress, then increasing energy and being healthier. And if you aim in that direction, you're going to do a lot better than if you aim towards weight loss. Cause a lot of people aim towards weight loss. And I, I think that's a fool's errand. I think. Especially if you're starving yourself to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Unless you're starving yourself for a show and you're going to be all muscly. Or I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> he did flex in a very cool manner when he said that. So that's he, right. So anyway, that's uh, that's weight loss. We covered it. Cool. I love it. All right. Thank you. You're welcome. I hope it's helpful. It is. It is. I've learned something every week. All right. Good. So y- you had a little story or something? Did I just demean your story by calling it little? No, you it's feel not emasculated. No, not at all. Okay. Good. Um, it's it's pet oriented. Um, because we do get people coming in quite a bit asking for help with their animals. Oh. And, uh, because what, what happens at the store level is that, is that we become these, this, uh, consigli- health consigliaries for, you know, <laughs> for our customers in lieu of them actually seeking out medical, professional medical help, um, which they should in some cases, but, um, and in this case, this is pretty, uh, pretty easy to deal with is what people coming in with dogs because they're getting some of the benefit. And I'm circling back around to the CBD because a lot of people don't know that CBD is actually good for pets. And since we're heading into, um, about to get into storm season here in Phoenix, yes, um, I know a lot of people have dogs that freak out from the thunder and lightning when it starts coming. Yep. And, uh, the CBD thing is revolutionized, not only people, but I've got a woman who comes in all the time and her dog who has suffered from anxiety and the same kind of things that people, but you know, one of those dogs that shakes nonstop shaky and very skittish and, and, uh, you know, possibly beaten early. I was a rescue. Um, who knows what's happened to it. I'm going to speculate that something had happened to this dog, but, um, ever since she started giving the CBD, I've noticed the change. And this has just been since I've been working in the store, it's cool because you get to see this this dog who she brings in and it used to shake and be a mess and now it's just so chill and so relaxed. That's awesome. And it's addicted to CBD. I mean, or I don't want to say addicted, but she's like, oh my gosh, he hasn't had a CBD today. I have to get a CBD. I'm like, oh gosh, <laughs> okay, we need to calm down. Awesome. But um, I've talked to a lot of people that have had similar um, experiences and that CBD with dogs that are anxiety ridden or have OCD, you know, a lot of dogs pace back and forth and that sort of thing. It's really, really cut down a lot of those symptoms. Um, and there's so many different treats and so many different milligrams, um, available, but it works. So I'm, if you're thinking or you're having problems with your dogs, not just anxiety, joint pain, any kind of pain with these dogs. I just wanted to remind people that CBD is not just for human beings. Um, but dogs and, and cats as well. You can get your pets high too. I, there's no psychoactive component to CBD. That's a I misnomer. Know. But 
um, it gets them low. You know what I mean? (laughs) So it, it relaxes them. So there is hope and there's a lot of different things you can do for pets, but CBD right now is at the forefront of that conversation. And I'm excited because there's no drug inter- interactions. There's no issues. The dogs aren't having come down. It's not affecting anything else negatively. And it's a really, really good way for you to support your pets and some of their issues without having uh, any kind of risk associated. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So thank God for uh, for Perky. Um, yeah. I, I always think it's funny, those little dogs that are like teacup dogs, and they're so small. And they just vibrate constantly, you know? That can't be good for your nervous system, I wouldn't think. I mean, I wonder I wonder if it's just built into them or I don't uh, know. It doesn't look fun. No. So maybe CBD for those guys too. Yeah. And and the whole lightning thing, I, I think also with pets, like we don't do the right thing when they get scared. Like a lot of owners, like they pet them and they try and, you know, oh, it's okay. Yeah. You know, thinking that that's... That, but they're actually like rewarding the mindset. So this might sound a little harsh, but but we have a dog, Davey. And he, I love Davey, by the way. He's a great dog. And he was afraid of the lightning. And the first time he did it, I went, no. I just, I, just, I told him not to do it. And shamed. I, I just told him not to. I made it like, no, you're not supposed to get... And he doesn't get afraid anymore. Like, he's like, fine. He's like, oh, here's the lightning. He goes, oh, that's not... That's not for me. I don't do anything with oh, the lightning. Oh, tough love with the lightning. It was like a Caesar Milan thing, you know? That's very cool, though. I mean, to hear that perspective, because I wouldn't have even thought to lightning shame my dog into not being afraid anymore. It sounds bad, but it works, you know? <laughs> <laughs> people use those pressure sweaters, too. That's another big thing that I've seen people use to great effect is, is those really tight-fitting sweaters or clothes that they put on their dogs, and I've it does calm them down. Yeah, I've heard that works too. But we've got 4th of July coming up, so I thought we should talk. Mm. That's why I wanted to talk about that because if you do have dogs and they freak out, look into the CBD because it works. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah, that's it. All right, sweet, man. I didn't have a downer story this week. I wanted to... Yeah, thank thank God. (laughs) That that story last week, nightmares. But it makes you appreciate life. No, I know it does. Yeah. All right. um, So good news. The website is up and good to go. I can't believe it. I have not seen it yet. I'm excited. You have. I showed you last week a little bit, didn't I? You saw, I saw the, yeah, not after it went live though. So. Okay, cool. Well, it is up. It's quackspodcast.com and it's pretty basic, but the, the benefits of going there, it's going to have a little recommended section. So every podcast, whatever products we talk about, so there'll be some ginger up from this time, some cinnamon, we'll put it up there. And so they'll just be, you know, if you're like, oh, wow, what did, what did, I can't remember what they talked about. If you just go to this, this area called recommended products or recommended, uh, you can just scroll down to the episode and it'll have the stuff in there that we talked about. That's the coolest. And then also it will have all the podcast notes in there separated by episode. If you want to look at those. Um, so it's just, a you don't, you know, you don't have to go, but it's an easy place to go check things out. It's very exciting. Merch coming soon. Yep, Quacks merch. And then another thing is we do have an Amazon banner there. So if you're doing some shopping on Amazon, if you go to our website, you just click the Amazon banner, then it just takes you to Amazon and you can shop and whatever. And it it helps us out if you want to do that. Yeah, do it. And uh, Lucas, every week, is making this this little podcast even more respectable. I'm I'm trying, man. Hats off to you, good sir. Putting the work in. Putting the work in. Sure are. Cool. All right. Thanks, everybody. And uh, yeah, shoot us an email if you have any questions, quackspodcast at gmail.com. 
And that's it for this week. Get it. All right. Be well. I was waiting for you to say that. 